Tennessee will host Ole Miss Saturday at Neyland Stadium. Lane Kiffin versus Josh Heupel. Dan Harrelson here alongside Coach Rush Probst. Coach, how are you doing? I hope you're feeling better. I know it's been a, a rough few weeks for you here lately. It has, Dan. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, yeah, I came down with COVID on September the 22nd and came home this past Friday, uh, October, whatever that date was, I think 6th, 7th, whatever it was. So, yeah, it's been a tough three weeks, the toughest I've ever spent. But uh, the good Lord got me through it and my faith. And, you know, he's a great healer. And, you know, and I, I just appreciate the doctors and appreciate all the prayers and all the things that came through to, to help me through all this stuff. But I'm at home now recovering, and, you know, started with a 15, 10, 12 minute walk. I never thought 12 minutes of walking that I would be so bad out of breath and trembling when I sat down, but been in a hospital bed for 17 straight days. Uh, you know, it just, it, it gives you a different perspective, Dan, of what life's all about. You know, and I went through cancer 11, 10 years ago, 2011, stage four cancer, and now this, and it's been, you know, it was tough, and it's still tough, but at least I'm on the road to recovery, and again, I want to thank everybody for all the prayers and the positive thoughts. Well, that's good. Yeah, definitely a lot of people, I know a few people have reached out to me to see how you're doing and everything, and... So it's good to see you back out of the hospital and, like you said, on that road to recovery. And we've talked football a little bit through messages uh, during your time uh, being hospitalized. So you have been able to watch some football. And as we've been talking about this Tennessee and Ole Miss matchup, it's going to be fun to watch. It's two offenses that you're familiar with and two offenses that are really a top of college football right now. So I think it's going to be a fun matchup Saturday. I think a matchup, you can't get a better matchup. I mean, to me, if you – and I think it's a credit to Josh Heupel. Uh, I think we all knew, knew coming in that Ole Miss was going to have a good football team. I mean, Matt Corral is as good a quarterback as I've seen out there, you know, and they may be one better, in, you know, when it comes to the draft. Uh, but – I can't see how he's not the top quarterback in the draft. But so we knew Ole Miss going into it was going to be really good offensively. We knew it Lane and Lebby is the OC uh, that they would have that offense clicking on all cylinders. Josh, on the other hand, Heifel at Tennessee, I think he's got their program ahead of where they thought they would be. And I think that's a credit to him and his offensive staff of coming in and, and getting Tennessee, you know, offensively respectable in this league and, Lord, putting up points like he is right now. So the matchup, obviously, with Tennessee being better than people thought, makes it a better matchup going forward in this ball game. Now, obviously, Tennessee, uh, you have to be seen defensively you know, and how they handle old Mrs. Offense come uh, Saturday night. But how long has it been, Dan, since Tennessee has played this big a ball game in, in Nayland Stadium on a Saturday night on ESPN? It's been a while. Yeah, it's it's probably – I know it wasn't a night game. It was that, that CBS 330 
game 2016 against Florida when they ended the streak. So it pretty much dates back to around that time for the biggest game in Neyland Stadium. Sure, so that 100-plus thousand will have as much to do with winning that football game as anything. You know, I, I, I believe that. If Neyland Stadium can get as cranked up as Kyle Field and some of these other venues were uh, in the last couple of weeks, then it's going to definitely have an effect. You say what you want, but it will have an effect on Ole Miss's offense. Well, let me ask you about this, being an offensive-minded coach yourself. What completion percentage do you want your quarterback to be at? Uh, Hendon Hooker right now is at 69.6. Matt Carell for Ole Miss at 69.2. 13 touchdowns, one interception for Hendon Hooker. And Corral has 12 touchdowns, no interceptions. So pretty impressive numbers right now for both of those guys. I think they're right on target where you want to be. I think anywhere from 68. I've always said this. 67.5% to 72%, you know, and I know that's a wide range. I get it. But, you know, I've had really good offensive teams that, but when you go back and look over a 20-year stretch offensively of where we've been, where I've done, my quarterback's never been less than 67.5. That was the worst percentage over a 21-year period of teams that I've had in the spread offense, hurry-up spread offense. Now, I've had a football team, 2004 at Hoover, we were right at 72%, 71.7. So I've been in the 70% range a couple of times, and I think people say, well, what is the difference? You mean, mean you've talked about this before. What is the difference between 68% and 70%. Well, over a course of 960 plays, let's just say, and I give that number, you run 950 to 975 plays during the year. Okay, that's 15 ball games. Well, it's a lot. There's a lot to be said, the difference between 67 and 71%. Because in today's world, you check a ball down to a back, or a slip screen, or something that's very easy. Check down number one. That's the that's the difference to me. Is if I'm hitting more checkdowns, and people don't realize this, but you go back and look at Brady in some of his better years, and how many checkdowns he hits, how many times he's thrown to the back out of the backfield. That's why James White was so important to him over the years. That's why he wanted. He wasn't a great back. He wasn't, but he could catch the football, he could get open, and he would get positive yards. If you can do that, and that may could be the difference in the ball game come Saturday night, is those three or four checkdowns that you get it to the running back or to a tight end that they make yards after the catch, that those hidden yards that you just really don't, you don't design up. You don't design up a 20-yard running back run you know what I'm saying? You just don't do that. But the running back on a three-yard check down picks up 17. To me, with all this motion you're seeing, and you're seeing them throw the ball all the way to the sideline to the motion guy, it could be the running back or the receiver. Those things right there, you still got to go out there and tackle that guy. 
And it may not be the number one read in the progression. Maybe the number three or four read in the progression. Those are the things I think are important in an offense to make your quarterback get from 67 to 70%. You mentioned the motion, and I, I think that's a good little wrinkle from Josh Heupel. Really, since the Florida game on, you had the Missouri big win and South Carolina big win ahead of this Ole Miss game. But with Hendon Hooker coming in, second half in the second game against Pittsburgh, he's really catering and tailoring this offense around what the strengths are for Hendon Hooker are. And it reminds me, and we've talked about this, of Nick Marshall and Gus Malzahn's offense in 2013. Kind of a makeshift type quarterback. And they made it work. And all this motion and this run game the last couple games for Josh and Tennessee, it reminds me of 2013 Auburn. If you just go back and look. Now, granted, I do think Auburn probably had, uh, I guess you could say, some receivers that could really take the top off in the middle of the field. And, of course, Trey Mason and, and some of those guys in the backfield were very talented also. But Tennessee's got some talent to work with, too, and I think he's done a good job. Do you see similarities? First-year head coach Josh Heupel trying to get this quarterback to work and some of the schemes that we've seen that resemble Auburn and Auburn from that 2013 year. Absolutely, I do. And I think that it's part of the offense to me that it's that new wave of things that you're doing because everything starts with the zone read, you know, uh, with a quarterback running the football. But when you throw in motion, whether it's jet motion or whether it's deep motion, the defense is you can dictate what you want the defense to be in. You're going to know, you know, and, and to me, what motion, that's what motion does, is it forces defense to have to check, roll their coverages, and, and now you know what they're going to do. And it allows you to spread the defense even wider. It segments the defense and it allows the quarterback to have more running lanes for him to run the football, uh, whether whether it's a Q run, off his own read, whether it's off the midline. See, nobody talks about the midline option run that a quarterback can do. And I think that you don't see a lot of it because a lot of times the quarterback has to run the football. But, you know, there's several ways – for you to get the quarterback involved in the run game, there's pure Q power. If you go back and look at the Ole Miss-Arkansas game this past weekend, Arkansas got themselves in trouble on defense because what, what uh, Ole Miss was doing, excuse me, Ole Miss got themselves in trouble and let Arkansas stay in the game because what Arkansas was doing was just pure Q run back where they don't have a defender. Well, same situation, and, and, and you, you've got the Q run where there's no option to it. I'm running Q power or Q sweep. Then, then you run in inside zone, the option off the inside zone. Now, you, do you do it with no blocker, or do you do it with slice motion or slice off the slice deal where that H back comes around and he's your extra blocker? And a lot of times we call it zone plus. But because now you're adding a blocker, a tight end, which Auburn does a good bit. They're actually doing it still now a little bit, not as much as I think they need to do it with the kicks. But 
now you've got a blocker in front. Well, another way to run the quarterbacks off the outside zone. Same situation. That's where the midline attack comes in. Now you're running hard outside zone with a running back. Linemen are stretching hard, overtake blocks. But now you're not blocking a down lineman. You're reading that down lineman. And if that down lineman chases the running back, you pull it. Now you got the defense segmented. Boom. Now you got the quarterback splitting it. So those are creative ways for the quarterback to be able to be involved in the run game and give your offense a chance to to really be better than it is where you're not having to throw it so much. So you've got that. And I think with the quarterback of Tennessee, it's a lot like what I said. I have not seen the midline, but I have seen zone plus, and I've seen Q power. Uh, I know I've seen those two. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. And I think the more ways you can do it, the better off you are as an offense. And we have also seen Bayless Jones Jr. more in the slot, running a lot of that stuff with the motion too, which I like. And they're also throwing it to him basically on the line of scrimmage around that area, maybe a few yards out. And I think that's really good to have a return guy like Bayless is because you can catch it quick and react like you would on a punt or a kick. Did, did you ever do that when yes. you were running your offenses, have a return guy basically in that slot? Yes. You know, most of the time that my, over the years, our slot guy has been our return guy. You know, uh, that's just the way it's always worked out, you know, especially with me looking for that H back, that guy that plays in the slot. And there's two, there's two ways to do that. One, and Josh can tell you this, that H back can be one of two people. Is he a true receiver first with no running back skills? Never been around. Or do you take a kid like a returner and play him in the slot? But he also can play and has played running back, but has great hands, you know, that can play in that slot. To me, it's better to have a guy like that returner slash running back slash athlete slash receiver that can do a lot of things. Because just face it, once he gets the ball in his hands, he's a running back. So once you design those things, whether it's off slice zone, where you're coming across the formation, catching it quickly in the flats, whether it's an option route, however you want to get into football, that guy, the quicker you can get the ball to that particular player, the H-back, the better your offense will be if he's the guy. And I think that's where people mess up, in my opinion, is they, is they take that guy and they use strictly a receiver. So, but I've seen Tennessee, you know, in that two-back slot stuff, which Baylor does, you know, where, you know, now a lot of times in the slot offense, that guy's just a blocker. He's a sniffer. You know, he's a blocker slash extra tight end out of 11 personnel. But, but if you can get just true 20 offense, 20 offense, which is basically two backs, and that guy can play two back in the backfield, or he can play in a slot. Now you've got him in motion. You can put him in a slot. Motion, line him up in the backfield, snap the football, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it just makes your offense so much more lethal. But, but again, I, I think 
Heifel has done a phenomenal job of building the offense each week. Each week, you, you can watch him play. You know, I watch Tennessee play because my nephew played there. And so the Probst family watches Tennessee every weekend. But I think that Josh done a great job of just week in, week out, and just building his offense. Ron, you mentioned building the offense, and uh, I've made this pretty well known by writing about it and talking about it various different places. That fourth and five against Florida, you're down 14-10 late in the third quarter. Uh, I like how Heupel didn't want to kick the field goal there. He ran mesh. He never runs mesh hardly anymore since what he basically played in it and assistant coach at Oklahoma during his time there. But I thought that was good, and it kind of brings me to ask you because your background when you took over at Hoover, you went up that first spring to Lexington, Kentucky, and and really implemented and studied and installed that air raid offense. And over time at Hoover, did you because you started studying the Baylor offense with Art Bryles. When did you start to change from air raid to more of that that veer and shoot type power type offense? That was probably didn't take place until I came to South Georgia. Um, two major changes offensively in what we did. We were obviously changed a lot of things in Alabama offensively of what we were doing, but we were pure. We were mostly air raid, eighty uh, percent of it. I just never wanted to get away from the physicality of, you know, being me being an old defensive guy and being a hard-nosed guy with straight-eye offense. So I always kept a little bit of the eye run game with what we did at Hoover. When I got to Georgia, though, after the 08 season, which is our first year, we wasn't very good, I went and studied Alabama's run game. Joe Pendry invited us up. And we sit down in spring of 09, actually February of 09, and instituted every single run game thing that they were doing. Everything. And so we went into spring spring of 09 being an Alabama run game, but keeping our air raid principles offensively in the throw game. Well, obviously the rest is history for 10 straight years. You know, we were either state champions or state runner-up or semifinals for those 10 years. And and when the Baylor stuff came in was around 12. We had lost in 11. No, after the 12 season, we had lost in the semifinals of Norcross. And we'd just been pounding on the door, you know, semifinal loss to the state champion, state championship game got beat by Brookwood. Lost to Grayson in 11, lost to Norcross in 12. So we decided then it's time to change. So that's when we went and saw, went to Baylor, was a spring of 13. Just went out to Baylor, sit down with him, spring of 13, spring of 14, and instituted Baylor's offense in what we were doing and added to the air raid and along with our run game, which I thought our run game, we we were two years there. Dan, well, we had 2,000-yard rusher and 3,500-yard passer. And one receiver had over 100 catches. So I don't see how it could be more balanced to have 2,000-yard rusher. We had a, One year we had a 2,000-yard rusher or 1,000-yard rusher 
in the same backfield, and a receiver that had 100, over 100 catches, and a quarterback threw 3,500 yards. Now, we led the state of Georgia in, in offense. But my key to it was, I think, taking a step up to art stuff and studying their stuff at Baylor, watching them practice, watching them implement it during the spring, being there early in the spring when they were doing install, and learning it. Same thing we did in 99 with Kentucky. So those two times, and you throw the Alabama stuff in, those three things that we did sustained us now for 21 straight years. We have been offensively a really good football team. And it's really similar to what Josh Hopple's done because, I mean, part going back to the Kentucky talk, I mean, obviously Mike Leach on that Kentucky staff as OC under Mummy takes over as OC 99, recruits Josh Heupel in, in the air raid offense. So Josh has played in it. He's coached it a little bit at Oklahoma. Then he gets to Missouri as offense coordinator and quarterbacks coach in 2016. And he brings in Joe John Finley as the tight ends coach who spent the year prior at Baylor and Art Bryles as a offensive analyst. So he's really dove into this. Lane Kiffin's dove into this too. And actually, I, I talked to, to Lane today on the SEC teleconference and I asked him, when did this take place and why did it take place that you wanted to really dive into this Baylor type offense? And he said when he was at Alabama, he, he was just studying it. Uh, he remembered games such as that Washington-Baylor RG3 bowl game that was in the 60-point range for both teams pretty much. And he uh-huh. says, when I get the head job at my next place, I'm all in on it. And it's worked out for him because obviously he went with Kendall Bryles at FAU and then now Jeff Levy at Ole Miss. and. I think he's done a pretty good job, and I think Josh has done a good job. So it's very similar to what you did in your career also. Well, you got to give Lane a lot of credit to things. One, he had as much to do with changing Alabama's offense because, you know, he was constantly talking to Coach Saban about what's good. And, and you know, and I think Coach Saban gives him credit for that. And I think that Lane, in his own way, is a very brilliant offensive mind the guy is brilliant when we went against him at fau when i was at uab in 19 and what they were doing offensively of course you know he had kendall and that kind of stuff but you got to give credit to people like lane that you know and people like uh um anybody people anybody hugh freeze any of those guys that have done transformations of their offense, they don't get stubborn and of, of doing it just one way. You, you and, and here, here's what people forget about: when you're a head football coach and you defend things, and you're defensive, and you're a head coach, regardless if you're an offensive guy or defense guy, and you have a hard time stopping something like Hugh Freeze's offense, or like Kendall's or Lane's or whatever, it makes you reanalyze everything. And if you're smart, you go in and study it, and you figure out, hey, this is such good stuff, and we're going to implement a lot of it. That's just being a smart football coach. And I think that and, – and letting your ego not get in the way. And I think if you don't let your ego get in the way and you become smart, you know, you become a smarter football coach. You just really do. And um, 
I could have said in 2000, uh, I could have said in 2009, let's just say go back to 2009, uh, we're going to continue to throw the football. We've won five state championships at Hoover, seven straight championship games. I'm not going to go study nobody else. I got all the answers. We're still averaging 41 points a game. Why should I need to change? But I didn't. I didn't because I felt like that what Alabama was doing in the run game going into the 09 year, of course, they won the national championship that year. I thought they had the best run game in college football. And so I wanted to add that back to our fold. Same thing I thought our Riles at Baylor had the best offense in college football in 2012. So my opinion is I think every time we made a change, we got better as a football team. Same thing I think you've seen with Lane Kippen in his career is that he is only going to continue to rise. And let me say this, his offensive football team right now is as good as anybody in the country. I'm just telling you, they're a very good football team. And, and you know, and I hope that, you know, that Tennessee can defensively hold up a little bit Saturday night to give, you know, Josh and Tennessee a chance to score some points because, I mean, you know, team, you know Lane, Lane will come in motivated. You know he is. And to be quite honest with you, you know, Ole Miss has a chance, you know, to go undefeated here on out. I mean, they're, they're, they could they could actually go eleven and one. And so, in in his mind, this is a very important football game for him. And uh, in year two, he wants to be continue to be successful. But they're very potent uh, offensively. There's no question about it. Well, speaking of Hugh Freeze, how much have you seen? His offense changed. I saw him against UAB a few weeks ago, and I mean, he's still doing that three-man surface. He's real big on that still. But I, of course, that game kind of got out of hand second half. So I don't think he had to go through too much. He kind of just went through the motions there towards the end. He did enough to just win the game, you know. And plus, building them pretty good on defense too, didn't he? Yeah. Um, you know, he didn't. He. he he didn't even go in a game and have to score a lot of points. Um, you know, that doesn't make him more than anyone doing. Because the thing that Bill does to you defensively is, is, is they do a great job of takeaways. You know, that, you're not careful. You and me will take the ball away from you, turn over, they, they preach it every day. You know, Bill Clark's a defensive genius, bottom line. And I know a lot of people get a lot of credit at other places. You know, Nick Saban's a defensive genius. Bill Clark knows defensive football as good as anybody. And I've been around a lot of good defensive coaches, and I rank him right there with the best. So, what you take, you know, Hugh Freeze and stuff, and Hugh's smart too, into the fact that he knows what he's got. He's got that quarterback, and that quarterback's really good. And he's playing to the quarterback's strengths. Now, there's other things when you look at Hugh Freeze when he was at Ole Miss compared to what he's doing right now, you see a little bit different offense, and it's all based because of that quarterback. But that's just you being a smart head football coach. Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty good. I, I like it. And he, like you said, he's got a good quarterback. And, you know, the thing about him, you don't see a ton of the air raid stuff or even this beer and shoot stuff with him. It's just it's a lot of the – 
quarterback movement, the the three-man surface, as I mentioned, but he doesn't really dive too much into mesh concepts or veer and shoot, which is kind of interesting. Well, he still runs some RPO stuff, and um, and I think that's something that I wanted to get into right before we get off here is the RPO stuff, is that um, if you're not careful, what I've noticed about the RPO, and I like it, don't get me wrong, we do it, but we got you got to be very careful with it because it'll turn into PRO. It'll become pass run option if you're not careful. And you'll teach your linemen because they become less aggressive because you take Alabama's situation right now, in my opinion, that's just my opinion, teams, the linemen, they start to get a mindset that we're going to throw the football, although it's a run call and we're running a run block. I know that the quarterback's going to throw the football. And you got to be very careful of that because you lose the physicality of the run game. So if you're a team that's running a ton of RPOs and your quarterback is throwing it a lot, then like the success they had with Mac Jones last year, you know, it can, it can make your offensive line at times not as physical in the run game as you would like for it to be. So I've sort of tagged it, you know, be careful about PRO, make, make sure that you say RPO. That your, that your offense understands, we're going to run the football. Number one, we're running the football. And that quarterback's decision to throw it will be based on leverage in the secondary, sight of where the defender is, all those kinds of things. And I think that that's, uh, that's something that no, nobody's already talked about. And it's something that I've, I've been looking at the last few weeks is that teams sometimes – can lose their physicality in the run game. Are you seeing that with Oklahoma this year? You know, I thought I saw a little bit last year, to be honest with you. Um, you know, and I think that's – but it can be that way. It's like right yeah, with Oklahoma, I watched the Oklahoma-Texas game. You know, and I think that's – but just any team, though, Dan, I think any team can become less physical in the run game if that's all you do is RPO. Yeah, the reason I bring that up, is because, and we, we touched on this earlier, Shane Beamer, tight ends coach for Oklahoma under Lincoln last year, takes that South Carolina head job, and Joe John Finley's brought in for his replacement. And, you know, going back to when Heupel was at Missouri, he brought him into the program from, from Baylor to start implementing all this beer and shoot stuff. And I, I think Lincoln probably had that in his mind because he's – He's ran a lot of 10 personnel RPO stuff with Shane Beamer and company the first few years he's been in Oklahoma. And he's starting to see guys like Josh Heupel and, and Levy and Bryles be successful in college football running that Baylor-type offense. And I think bringing in a guy like Joe John at tight ends, maybe they're trying to implement a few things from that Baylor offense, and it's just not working right now. No, it's not. And, you know, and I think a lot of times when you implement something, you still got the personnel to do it. And the other thing, you got the right mindset to do it, too. And so, but everything's based on personnel. We all know that. And, you know, we're only as good as the players we've got. And then you got to, to me, I mean, 
you got to believe in what you're doing. And you can get, you can fall too far into any playbook. And I mean, I can sit there and draw you a million plays in, in 10 personnel. I can, I can run, oh my goodness, out of one concept, I can run like the shallow concept out of 10 personnel. I, I, I can throw 10, 12 different things off of one concept based off tags. You know, and, and the problem with all that is, is it's fun to be in 10 personnel, slinging it all over the field. And when you look at, let's just say you got nine concepts of three-step drop out of the gun, or you got six or seven concepts of catch throw, or you got, you know, then you throw in the RPO game. All of a sudden now, you can stay in 10 personnel and throw, 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 throw 60 times a game. Similar to what you see Mike do at Mississippi State. You know, to me, defensively, from a defensive perspective, to me, it's harder to defend somebody that's changing personnels. You know, they're in 12 one snap, they're in 10 the next snap, or even more so, you're in 12 personnel or 11 personnel, but you're in a 10 look, or you may be in a condensed look out of 10 personnel. So those things to me defensively are tougher to stop than somebody who just lines up in four and five wide every snap. Right, when you start disguising stuff. Yeah, so it's, it's a lot to it, man. There's a lot to offensive football in, in the modern day. Well, I guess the last thing I want to talk with you about is you look at going back to Josh Heupel. He played in South Dakota in high school. His high school coach, Steve Svetson, was on staff at University of Houston, run and shoot, Andre Ware, Klingler, those guys, and then became first-time head coach when, when he had Josh there at quarterback in the mid-'90s. So Josh has ran run and shoot, air raid, studying the Baylor offense. So he's got a, a really good mix of bag background. Obviously, we, we've talked about it. We're seeing sprinkles here and there since Hendon Hooker's been the quarterback, which is really fun to watch. Do you have any background with the run and shoot? You know, it goes all the way back into the 70s. Yes, in the 1970s and 80s when I was first in coaching, a guy by the name of Lou Scales. Obviously, it's crazy. Bill Clark's dad, Reagan Clark, that I played for, that's what they were doing was the run and shoot at Ohachi High School in the late 60s. Well, Coach Clark changed and went to the wishbone in 1971. But before that, he was running shoot. Well, where he learned the running shoot was when he played at Alexander High School under Lou Scales. Lou Scales was the head football coach at Alexander High School from 1948 or 1949 to 1986. Okay. From there, Larry again took over and he ran the running shoot till he retired, actually got cancer and died. Uh, but my point being is, to this day, Alexander High School still runs a version of the run and shoot. Todd Yen, Larry's son, is the head football coach, and my son, who plays here at Piedmont High School in Alabama, they play Alexander at the end of the year. Well, 
they will be some sprinkling of the run and shoot. But yes, when I coached for Coach Scales as a student coach, I was doing my practice teaching in 1980, and he was doing the run and shoot, and I was I was there. And and obviously now when I was in high school, Coach Clark had already moved to the wishbone, but we did have some run and shoot principal in our throw game. And then we worked together at Asheville. When Bill and I worked together for his dad, even in 87 and 88, we did have some run and shoot principal, yes. So I've been around the run and shoot. That's where I cut my teeth in the throw game early on was in the run and shoot. Well, that's good stuff. Yeah, I can definitely see Josh, as we continue to see sprinkles in this offense as the season continues. And I think, you know, Alabama's coming up. Maybe that would be a good time to – really implement it but I think some half rolls with Hendon Hooker and his ability to either run or have those short intermediate passes off that I think that would be excellent to see some half roll action from that run and shoot into that offense for Tennessee well it's definitely a timing throw game because that third step hits the ground the ball's got to be out on one of the routes you know and I think you got the slant play side the bubble screen built in you got in the running shoot so Oh, yeah, it's it's good stuff, but it's something you got to spend a lot of time because of all the timing routes on it. It's got to be with that half roll or dash protection or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's 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 still good stuff. It really is. I'll see it firsthand on, on October 29th. Call me off. I'm going to see it firsthand knowledge or firsthand that night when they play Alexandria. Oh, okay. Yeah, it should be good. Appreciate you coming back on, and like I said at the top of the podcast here, it's it's good to see you out of the hospital doing better. I know that was some rough times, but always good to have you on talking football, but just glad you're doing better. Well, I, I had to do this interview with Oxygen, but that's okay. And uh, But it's only two leaders that I'm having to do it. But, you know, just get winded. And like I said, uh, I'm getting better. And, you know, this time last week, man, I couldn't have done anything, so, but the good Lord's taking care of me, and so, like he always does, like he does everybody that are true believers, so, again, thanks for having me on here today, and, and we'll catch up down the road, and I mean, I'm excited about the ball game on Saturday night, watching Ole Miss in Tennessee, so, man, it's, it's good to see Tennessee back to where they are a little bit. And then Ole Miss, there's just a lot of great storylines there. I look forward to it.